The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings, who are entirely responsible for its content. Sorry, guys, you are on your own. This is the Federal Football Report, a weekly wrap-up of all things burgundy and gold. The Federal Football Report on Federal News Radio. Here are your hosts, Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings. Welcome back, everybody, to the Federal Football Report on Federal News Network, also on Podcast One, anywhere where you download your favorite podcast. Talking, we'll just say burgundy and gold, because that's all we can say right now as far as the team that we report on. It's burgundy and gold. We can't go with uh, any type of uh, name, nickname, mascot, or anything like that, because it won't be what it was before. It's going to be something new. Kevin Stanfield, who's had the same name ever since he was born, his name hasn't changed, but again, his name wasn't offensive at all either. Uh, he's on the show as well, co-host. Kevin, what's going on, man? Well, my, my name had been changed to protect the innocent. What was that dragnet? That was, <laughs> I know I'm dating myself. You know, said, the stories you are about to see are true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Like, right. But if they're on dragnet, that means they're guilty. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, you know, we had always referred to them as the, as the burgundy and gold, even – uh, you know, from the conception of this show, we decided to, to call, you know, call it a federal football report because it was something new, uh, neutral. And even the, the open said all things burgundy and gold. So we were sensitive to this. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, it took the, uh, the death of an innocent man to, to bring social awareness to the, the fact that people can be different and still all be human beings, right? So, you know, you know, I'm, you know the official position of this part of the show is, we're glad it happened and it's about time. Absolutely. I mean, because again, you know, you can say, oh, well, there was a Washington Post poll done years and years ago where there were people who grandparents and great, great, great grandparents possibly were Native Americans. And they said they didn't care, even though they don't do any Native American practices. They don't live on reservations and there's really no exact ties (laughs) to most of these people, (laughs) to Native American tribes. Um, You know, uh, but there were more recent polls that said, "Lo, you know, there were people who were offended by it. And by the way, you know, if you did a poll in, you know, 1860, most people would say that we're not offended by racism, <laughs> depending on who you polled, or we weren't offended by slavery, depending on who you polled. Yeah, who you and ask, so, yeah. because it may not offend me, like, I've never looked at the name Redskin and personally felt offended. It wasn't until I was kind of educated and thought about it and said, you know what, this might might not be a good deal. But the thing I want to ask you, Kevin, though, as a, as a lifelong Redskin fan for, you know, um, uh, for a few decades, you know, you're a young man yourself. Um, yes, yes. How does it feel, though, knowing that the, the team itself is on the, the, the brink of a name change, a team that, um, you know, the colors you've worn, um, the name you, you have represented and, and have loved for years, to know that it's on, on, on the brink of a change? I mean, it's almost like, you know, yeah, we're bringing the, the, a team back to Houston, but instead of the Oilers, they are, you know, the Texans. Or, yeah, they're bringing the Browns back, but it's not the same Cleveland Browns. Those Browns are in Baltimore winning Super Bowls. These Browns are here still losing. Um, what, like, what's right. the feel? You know, I'm, I'm happy for it because those memories will be there. It wasn't, it wasn't the name I rooted for. It was the team, the colors. Mm-hmm. It was, in this case, you know, you always hear the – you know, I guess especially in baseball and, and basketball, it's not the name on the back of the jersey, it's the, it's the name on the front. 
but mm-hmm. but my memories are the names of the back of the jerseys, man. The Jurgensons, the Charlie Taylors, the the Larry Browns, the Billy Kilmers, the Art Monks, the Dale Greens, right? Those memories are here. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing will change that. You know, it's, it's just, you know, we're changing the mascot. And that's all it is. And, you know, I can understand to a certain extent why people are getting so riled up. Even the mm-hmm. people who, once it was announced, they, they're calling the outlets and they're hurt. They're like right. something has been right. removed from them. And, and you know what? We don't want the support of those people anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. You know, it's funny because one of the people who seemed to be offended by it, or at least didn't want a name change, was the current president of the United States, Donald Trump. And he took the Twitter in, in what I felt was a classic Donald Trump Twitter moment. Um, <laughs> here's what he said. He said, uh, uh, and I, I'm just kind of going off memory here. He said, uh, you know, when teams pick, uh, you know, nicknames uh, or these names, they, they're doing it out of strength, not weakness. Like we're, we're promoting the strength of the team by using this name. Uh, and I guess his point was that it's not necessarily derogatory if they're using it for the strength of the name. Uh, but he says, but it looks like the Washington Redskins and the Cleveland Indians might have to bow to political pressure. Then he says the money line. And again, I'm not a Trump guy. And I'm proud to say that I'm not a Trump guy. I don't know who would be proud to say that they are a Trump guy, but I'm not. I'm not a Trump person. But then he says this line that made me laugh out loud. He says, in, he says, I bet Indians, like Elizabeth Warren, are really upset about this. <laughs> <laughs> because that's such a Trump thing to do. Like, oh, he's no. not going to let this Pocahontas thing go with her. And by the way, he shouldn't let it go with her. Uh, you know, she, she's not a Native American. She doesn't have any right. Native American in her lineage. And she used it to benefit herself in college. Like, like, she and, and, and it's so wild because here's, here's a, who everyone would say is a super liberal leftist, and she used this to her advantage, even though it wasn't true. And he's not going to let her live it down. He's going to continue to call her Pocahontas. And, and I don't think he cares one way or the other about the Redskins or Cleveland Indians. It's, it was a, a, a way to just throw a jab at her. And, uh, you know, again, Donald Trump, I believe his kids couldn't even vote in the primary in New York in 2016 because they weren't Republicans. They were filed as Democrats. I mean, he, there's pictures of him at his wedding with Melania to, with, with Bill and Hillary Clinton. Like he doesn't care about this stuff. He cares about himself. He cares That's about right. money. And so, it, but it was a funny tweet. I had to laugh. Like I had, I had to give the president that one. I said, dude, you were right on point with this yeah, one. Yeah, Elizabeth exactly. Warren is upset about this. You know what? And you haven't heard her out there uh, uh, banging the drum. Uh, oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Maybe not banging the drum. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Scratch that. Uh, take two. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, supporting Daniel Snyder in his move, which is interesting, too. Uh, you're speaking about uh, the money and concern of money. There are people who are complaining that, that, uh, that Daniel Snyder and the team did not do this for concerns of the dignity of Native Americans, but they did it for money. Because, mm-hmm. you know, sponsors said that they were going to buy, back out FedEx, who the, the stadium, that dump of a stadium is named after, um, <laughs> said that they were going to remove their name from, the, from the, the, the front of the stadium, which they should have done a long time ago. That place is a dump. But my point is, I don't care if he did it for money. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> he did it. That's the change, right? You know, that is, that's the change. That's why, you know, financial pressure, when we want to bring change about the society, 
That's what people hear louder than anything else. Mm -hmm. They hear the dollar. When you hear, you start talking about boycotting businesses or, or removing sponsorships or, or, or boycotting advertisers because you don't like a certain TV host, that's when people listen. So that's power. That's, that's you know, financial power, right? I mean, we, we, we trust in our vote and political power, but people hear that the loudest. You hurt their wallet. A line from the movie, the classic movie, uh, Trading Places. Mm -hmm. Richard, uh, uh, Richard Pryor. Eddie Murphy told Dan Aykroyd, it seems to me the best way <laughs> to hurt rich people is to make them poor people. <laughs> right, no, absolutely. That's a, and it, you hurt the wallet, they'll listen to you. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because I, 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 I told a friend of mine, see, I, I coined this term a few years ago, I call it convenient morality, and mm -hmm. how everybody have these super moral high, high standards and they hold everyone else to them when it's convenient for them to hold other people to it. But right. when it's the, them themselves, they don't hold themselves to it. It's why it's easy for me to, you know, uh, ask for forgiveness when I offend Kevin, but I am, uh, but it's hard for Kevin to receive forgiveness when he offends me. We have this, <laughs> we have this, it, it, it's crazy. It's, mm -hmm. it's this convenient morality. Um, and, and I'm gonna write a book about it one day, but it's so funny because a lot of us get up and do what we do for a living every day for money. And we put up with stuff. We put up with boss, with, with bosses or, or managers or owners who might be, uh, uh, you know, less than ideal to work with. We put up with coworkers who might be less than ideal to work with. We put up with jobs that we definitely, that we don't even like. But we do it for money. For money. And so to make it seem like Daniel Snyder, oh, he's only doing it for the money. You do a lot of stuff for money too. <laughs> like we all, like we're, listen, we're doing this show. We've done this show for four years, hoping that one day we'll get money for it. Right, like this right. is what we, this is what we do. We do it for the money. <laughs> That's exactly right. And there's no, that's right. There's no hidden agenda there, and and there's nothing that he should be ashamed of, right? You know, right. It, it, it's it's, and and see, this is what I under, didn't understand why they were so hesitant in in changing the name because your fan base is going to be your fan base. They're right. going to be there regardless. People who say you're changing the name and and so I'm not going to follow you anymore. Fine, sell somebody else's season tickets. You probably <laughs> sold them. You look, you probably sold them to the Eagles fans anyway. We don't want right. you. But look at the whole world this, this, this is going to open up. Whenever they decide on a name, which, in my opinion, is, is a done deal, but, you know, you heard there's rumors about trademark and this. They, they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have made this announcement without having everything locked up because right. you don't want to give leverage to the people who are trying to hold the name hostage. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be Warriors. There's some ridiculous thing out there saying there's going to be Red Wolves or something that's Fred Smoot. I don't know if he claims that he invented it, which is, which is one of the, the dumbest things I've heard. I've, I can say this because this is our podcast. You don't like Red Wolves? I, I cannot stand it. Because Kevin, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let, me, let me try to convince you on Red Wolves because when I first heard it, I thought this is ridiculous. But upon further review, mm -hmm. I think Red Wolves is okay. Now, let me tell you why. Okay. Um, so the R that's been on the throwback helmets or whatever, you can mm -hmm. keep that. The R that, that's on hats and things like that, you can keep that. Um, you know, Red Wolves fit good into the, 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 the victory song, the Hell to the Redskins, Hell to the Red Wolves. It fits good. Uh -huh. Imagine uh -huh. this, FedEx Field, or even a remodeled RFK or a new stadium in Washington, D.C. Monday night, Dallas Cowboys, Washington, fill in the blank, or just say it's the Red Wolves. And, 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 and it's third down, third and four, and, and the Cowboys have the ball, and you've got the Wolf Pack, 
the young dudes on the defensive line, and we call them the Wolf Pack. And, and you've got fans in the screen howling, whoo, because we got to get this third down stop. You've got people with wolf masks going with a with a with a red wolf's helmet on the on the wolf mask. And you I mean just imagine what could happen and you with the red wolves. I didn't like it at first. I want you know, but now I'm kind of like, you know what? I might be down with red wolves. You know, I had the utmost respect for, for Claude Jennings as a, as a human being, as a man, <laughs> as, as either the first or second best husband in the world. One of those we'll have more on that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, a, as a broadcaster. <laughs> but you're crazy. <laughs> no, first of all, when I think a native Washington, telling you, born and bred, a true Native American. <laughs> I'm born in D.C. You can't get more Native American than born in the capital of the free world. I'm telling mm-hmm. you. And I think Red Wolves, first of all, I have never in my life heard the expression Red Wolf. I mean, I watched Nature Program. I watched the Animal Planet. I've never <laughs> heard that expression until this came up. Yeah, That's I've never seen thing. what a red wolf is. You yeah. know, you're right about Secondly, that. Secondly, there's all kinds of critters in this area. I've seen foxes, right? I've seen bears, right? I've seen deer, right? I've seen, I've seen uh, uh, coyotes. Have you seen, seen an increase of bunny rabbits? In my neighborhood, we took a walk at 7.30 at night on a summer night, and we saw 18 bunny rabbits. <laughs> Maybe they're the Washington bunnies. Right. Well, since we're on this nature <laughs> kick, I know I have not. There used to be a lot in this area, but there are a lot more squirrel and deer now. I just think that they just moved out, I guess, uh, sort of like animal gentrification, right? But, <laughs> 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 but did you hear the report about the, the squirrel that was diagnosed with, like, bub- uh, what was it, bubonic plague or something? Really? Something. No. Yeah, and I'm wondering, well, why was the squirrel getting a blood test? Was he getting a marriage license or something? <laughs> I couldn't figure it out, man. You got to, you know, let me, first of all, let me just explain to people that, yes, I am going to explain how I get banned from Twitter on this show. That's going to be later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not about me. <laughs> this is about you. So this we're going to get the you part of the show out first before we talk about the me and Claude part of the show. Okay? Now, now, so, now, well, let me just say this. Now that you're back on Twitter, Give people your Twitter handle because you're a funny Twitter Twitter follow. That's, I mean, you've got to people got to follow you. That's at Stanfield Kevin and the the uh, the alias, which is the show which we just we don't hardly use ever, is at FF Rep FF Rep for right. Federal Football Report. But I'm at Stanfield Kevin. He's at Claude J Radio. And yeah, that's coming. We got a lot to talk about right there. But there's so much. I mean, we we apologize also. Uh, 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 fans and listeners because, you know, we decided we were going to do the show every other week, and so there's a lot to get caught up on. Because a lot. So many things happen right right in a couple of days before we're about to do the show that we got, you know, we got so much to get out there, so that's... Because, you know, but to be honest with you, last time we did, a, did the show, the name change wasn't even a subject. No. We didn't talk at all about na- changing the name. No, no, no. So we're, we're wow. quite happy about it. But this wolf thing, sorry, man, you have not convinced me because this just doesn't, okay. I can't identify with it, right? <clears throat> you know, I, I, the only reason I identify with the last name is because that's what I grew up with. That's, mm-hmm. That was the name of the team, right? But, you know, listen to the history of the team and, and <clears throat> the, the awareness that was birthed out of the tragedy of the murder of George Floyd, the awareness, whether it be genuine or or convenient, 
It's just like, you know, so many people taking opportunities to just launch off of that platform, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so that's what, you know, the, the, the sponsors said, hey, this is a money thing. The team said, you're absolutely right. And uh, so, you know, we're taking for the forever reasons change is changing. I'll accept it if it's some crimson colored animal. But, but, <laughs> but. <laughs> so, but what's your will, top three? What's your top three names? I mean, you said Warriors would be your choice. Warriors so you would love Warriors, right. which I, like, I think would be a great choice, especially because you could keep the spear that's on the throwback helmets. Right. You could keep that for Warriors. So Warriors would be your, the Washington Warriors would be your your, your number one choice. What would right, be because that, too that's still... acceptable? Well, give us your your, your give us your um, you know pitch for Warriors, but then also give us two additional names that you'd be fine with. Well, my my pitch for Warriors was that that like the excuses and reasons that they try to use to justify the old name. I think that that could be applied not only to Native Americans, but to any fighting force, right? I'm thinking Zulu, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking uh, Genghis Khan, right? You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, (laughs) right. You know, I'm thinking like proud, being the proud vet like I am. We all consider ourselves warriors, even guys who are like clerks and cooks. They all, because, you know, before you do any of that stuff, you got to go through basic training and learn how to fight, right? You that's know? right, so, that's right. So, and being right across the river from the Pentagon, right? The stones grow from the military hub of, of the free world, right? You know, uh, of course, there are going to be some people who won't like that. And, you know, I think that that's a reach for them to sort of say that that's like, uh, like a, a disparaging against um, natives. But you know what? Here's the thing I tell people all the time. It's not about me. It's not mm-hmm. about the ones who it doesn't offend. It's right. about the ones who it does offend. No matter what percentage that is. I mean, you right. can say, well, only, uh, you know, 25% of the uh, Native Americans are actually offended by it. It's like, well, then that 25% should be heard. Like, here's, I mean, here's what my, are you talking about? That's right. Here's another one of my perfect analogies. If there's a crowd of people standing in the street and you have a rock <laughs> and you try to throw the rock to the other side of the street, mm-hmm. but you miss and hit some people, you might not have intended to hit them, but mm-hmm. the rock hurts just the same. That's right. That's <laughs> you know right. No. Right. Right. So, right. I mean, we talked about it with the whole Drew Brees thing with, with his comments when, you know, yeah. when he talked about the whole flag stuff. It's like, you know what? Sometimes you, you have to understand that this is not about you. And the fact that you even think that this is about you shows your privilege. And right, it's like, right. you know what? This is not about me. It's not about it's not. you. It's not about anyone. It's about these folks. And, you know, this is offensive. Whether we have the numbers that says, well, most of them say that it's okay, or most of them say it's not. It doesn't matter what the numbers say. We know in our hearts of hearts that this is not right to make a whole people group a mascot. People aren't That's mascots. Right. They're people. That's right. Which is why, and, and you asked me for my top, uh, my top. I don't have three. It's the Warriors or nothing. We just call them Washington. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just, why I didn't just want call to... the team <laughs> Washington. <laughs> that's right. Because that's why some people mention uh, bringing up red tails. And I said, I see what you're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. But to me, you don't want to diminish the accomplishment of these great Americans. And, and relegate them to the status of the racing presidents. <laughs> you don't want to do that, right? You want to do something with the Red Tails, take down Christopher Columbus' statue in front of Union Station, put the statue of the Red Tails up there. Don't, don't have cheerleaders dressed as fighter pilots. No, no, right, we don't want right. that. Right, you know. 
<laughs> you know, what's funny, though, is uh, this past weekend, we did a lot this past weekend. I'll share some stuff that we did, um, you know, with social justice this weekend. But um, on Sunday, uh, my, my family and I and my church, Impact Fellowship, we uh, served the homeless down in, in, in Washington, D.C., near McPherson Square. Mm-hmm. And there's a statue of General, General uh, McPherson. Right. And like four people who came by said, what's that statue all about? What's he? <laughs> so we had to look it up on Wikipedia yeah, to find yeah. out that he was a union general and, right. you know, fought on the right side of uh, history. And so no one, right. was, no one wanted to tear it down Sunday as we were feeding the um, homeless population. Well, that's a good thing. I'm glad <laughs> he was on the right side of this thing, right? He was, right. He was but it's right where everybody is with statues. I mean, it's, it's, it's what we're doing. I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's okay. So, yeah, it's the Washingtons, man. We're happy for the Washingtons. Progress, a step forward, you know, just a little bit. You know, it's a big step. It's a big step. And, and there's no right or wrong. There's no debate. It, it had to be done. So, you know, hey, kudos to Dan Snyder. It's a mm-hmm. little bit, you know, but hey, you know, better late than never. <laughs> now, will will we have a name by the start of the season? That's no, that's interesting. We, I would, I would submit that they have a name already. Okay, and okay. that that they have to make their deals with uh, the, the equipment manufacturers and all that. So when they make the announcement, it's already there and ready to go. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure like they're in some secret laboratory where, you know, somewhere in a mountain chalet somewhere having their meetings right now. Right. Because you know what? You don't get to be rich unless you're just born like certain people are. You don't get to be rich being dumb. <laughs> you know, you got to know a little bit about what you're doing. Right. You do. You, know? you do. Because I had a very good friend um, who told me who who was a self-made man. I, I've seen him come up through the ranks and 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 you know it made it you know i haven't mm-hmm. counted this money it's none of my business but i'm living mm-hmm. comfortably right. and he said the best thing to do in the business world is see what rich people are doing and do the same thing <laughs> <laughs> right now talking about rich people and money let's talk a little bit about the money with this whole thing here here's my thing is you know if you if you if you could because i saw this coming years ago and if you saw this coming years ago, you know, I would think that you could make a press release. Hey, in the next two, suppose it's 2016 or it's 2017. You say in the next two to three years, we're going to change the name of the team. But what we want to do is allow everyone who's been a lifelong Washington Redskin fan is to buy as much merchandise, as many hats, as many T-shirts, as many jerseys as you can. Because we're changing this in three years. And so wrap your head around it, buy as much as you want. Maybe you increase the price by a little bit and, 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 and you just, you know, liquidate everything and everything's selling, you know, at 5% higher than, than, than normal retail price uh, for the next three years because you told folks we're going to change this thing. And then you come up with a new name and then now everything for, for the new name is selling off the, the racks. I mean, that's a, that's a huge marketing opportunity. Now, I, I, I'm sure Mr. Snyder and other folks have, are, are wrapping their heads around how to do this. But, man, if you just would have saw the tea leaves, because, I mean, this has been brewing for years. And if just three years ago you said, you know what, let's just do this, let's get ahead of it, let's make it happen, but we can make millions of dollars on merchandise from the Redskins, even still for the next three years, and we'll say, buy everything you want now, and we'll even mass produce as much as we can for you guys to buy everything Washington Redskins because it's going to end in a little bit. And then when it ends, 
people are going to buy the new stuff too. People, the, the new stuff is going whether I'm, it whether it's Warriors, whether it's Red Tails, whether it's Red Wolves, whether it's the Washington grass growers or you know whatever you know lawn mowers. It's going to be it's going to sell. Well, and, here's the thing. And, and and they could have got ahead of this to even make more money on this whole thing. Here's here's the thing. Back when the uh, uh, the beginning of this uh, the pandemic, you know, there was a big rush. On, on the big box stores for toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Okay. And toilet paper would sell out. They couldn't keep it on the shelves. And the philosophy of the retailers, according to my research, was we don't want to over-order this thing because we feel this will be over soon mm-hmm. and we don't want to be stuck with a whole bunch of extra toilet paper on the shelves because it takes up space. Okay. <laughs> That's what they're afraid that they would get stuck with all that extra stuff that makes sense to you that mm-hmm. all that extra merchandise that they would they, they should be able to sell out because it wouldn't mm-hmm. only be selling out here they'd be selling out all over the country Absolutely. you know they they would be selling. that makes perfect sense but that's not how marketing strategies work now you being the one of the two best husbands in the world I mm-hmm. know that you've gone shopping with your wife before, right? Yes, you know? yes. And I know that you know where that little chair is in most of these stores that the husband usually goes, <laughs> and there's at least, at least one husband in the chair on the phone while he's mm-hmm. waiting either, right outside. So, but one thing I've observed is they don't want to buy what's current, right? Okay. They want to buy what's coming, okay. <laughs> you know? Okay. They don't mm-hmm. want to have a closet full. I mean, they still have a closet full of what's, old, you know, but even when it's there, it's already old because the coming is coming, right, you know. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm thinking that the thing to do is to get this name out there quickly, right, and, and while it's hot and fresh and new, you can maybe be the first one on the block wearing your, dare I say, your wolf hat, <laughs> you know, or the big warrior with a rocket on the side of it, mm-hmm. right, or, mm-hmm. or, or M16, that'll satisfy the gun lobby, right, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should get the new stuff out there. Get it out there as, as much as possible. and Because people love this team, man. This is it. They identify with this team. You know, people, I know, like my older brother, right? But I haven't even talked to him about it, right? You know, but, but he, you know, he has complete outfits <laughs> for mm. the home games, complete mm-hmm. outfits for the away games, and not just nice. one outfit for each game. Maybe have one for the whole, the whole season, right? And then he has some outfits for the playoffs. They're a little dusty right there, you know. <laughs> but, but he'll go buy the new stuff. <laughs> He'll go buy it, you know, and and I think it's a, it's an exciting time in this town, right? I think I that, think so too. Yeah, I think but, but, you know, new coach, new, uh, uh, you know, uh, first year, first full year quarterback. People are excited mm-hmm. about uh, mm-hmm. young players, uh, new philosophies, right? I, I think that this team has a lot to look forward to in twenty twenty one because I don't see it happening this year. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not in twenty twenty. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your favorite Washington Redskins moment? Because, you know, that that era is done. The team's going to change its name. It will no longer be the Washington Redskins, same team. But the, the Redskins, the era, the, the hogs, what it, what it is, that's done. Talk about what's, what's your number one Redskin moment? And I'll just share, you know, mine after this. Well, the, maybe the, share two. Maybe share two. Okay. Well, the second one is is easy, and that, it wasn't just one moment. It was the the second quarter in, in Super Bowl seventeen. Uh, well, not excuse me, not seventeen. Uh, uh, the Doug Williams Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. What was that twenty four seventeen? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah some, one of them. Yeah, no, uh, Joe Theismann <laughs> Super Bowl seventeen. But yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, well, the, the Doug Williams quarter. 
Um, that, for a couple of reasons, real quick, um, I was at a, a, a small Super Bowl party. It was just like five guys, you know, five mm-hmm. of us kicking around. One guy was a Denver fan. Oh. And, and, oh. And, 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 and he was making bets with one of my other friends who was a Redskins fan. Through the whole game, he bet, he bet the first of all, that Denver would win. When mm-hmm. Doug Williams got hurt, he bet that Doug Williams wouldn't come back. He mm-hmm. bet that they were going to get shut out. He bet that Doug wouldn't break any records. Mm. He bet that Ricky Sanders wouldn't break any records. Mm. He bet that Timmy Smith wouldn't bet. I sat there and watched this guy lose lose bet. <laughs> so, so that was the, that was my favorite, the second favorite moment. My mm-hmm. first favorite moment of all time was in 1972 when Washington played the Cowboys for the NFC Championship and the right to go to the Super Bowl. And Billy Kilmer hit Charlie Taylor for uh, – two touchdown passes, mm. and the clincher was one that you catch, um, if you can catch it somewhere in the archives, it's Charlie Taylor catching the ball, and Mark Washington was the cornerback for the Cowboys, diving after him, looking like he was flying, and Charlie <laughs> Taylor hugging the ball. Looked at it, I'll send that to you, but that's, mm-hmm. that is my all-time favorite Washington football moment of my life. Wow, wow. Now, what are my, two, my two Washington Redskins moments um, – it's funny. So number two is the 2012 season, the, the RG3 rookie season. Mm. I mean, you got RG3, you've got uh, Alfred Morris. And I mean, the, the, uh, the electrifying offense. I mean, there wasn't, for the first time that I remember, you know, there wasn't a play that you didn't think could break for a touchdown with these two guys, with Alfred Morris mm. or Robert Griffin, you know, the third. From the the season kickoff with the Saints game to beating the breaks off Dallas on Thanksgiving (laughs) to then beating Dallas again for the last game of the season to go to the playoffs. I mean, because what it did was it reminded you what Redskins football was in Washington Um, for my at least for for me growing up. It was it was a reminder that. You know, the team used to win, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and what the city, I mean, you could, if, if you took public transportation in Washington, D.C., you knew the difference on a Monday or Tuesday when the Redskins won Sunday. Because everyone is high-fiving, everyone's happy, people are wearing their Redskin gear, people are talking on the bus or on the metro. When they lose, no one's saying anything. No one wants to talk. And it's just something about that fall, crisp, cold Washington, D.C. air in the fall, in in October, in November, with uh, Halloween coming up and Thanksgiving and Christmas and the close of a year when the Redskins are good and everyone's wearing their burgundy and gold and, you know, you got the game coming up. So, So that, so the reason why that's number two is because it reminded me of what was when I was growing up. Very good. The number one for me is your number two is the Super Bowl <laughs> against <laughs> against the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos come out. I mean, they're up. And the thing about those Gibbs teams is that you knew no matter what happened in the first half, these dudes were going to adjust. <laughs> and they and, and you better be ready to fight in the second quarter, but definitely the second half. And they would just adjust and there was like nothing you could do. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, uh, the, the posse. You know, I'm talking about Gary Clark, Ark Monk, Ricky Sanders. What are you going to do? I'm talking about Doug Williams. You know what I mean? And, and so my first 
a few of my early football memories involved um, the Denver Broncos. It involved the Cleveland Browns. I think it, I think Elway came back on 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 the drive is what they called right. it to right. beat the Cleveland Browns to get to the Super Bowl. That's like my first football memory. But that following Super that Super Bowl was against the Redskins, and so my first like Redskin memory outside of you know. A, a, July, a late July, you know, uh, a Saturday morning or early August Saturday morning, waking up early to watch the Redskins scrimmage the Jets or scrimmage the Steelers or scrimmage the Browns, you know, on, on whether it was Channel 4 or 5 or, 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 or 9. Um, you know, my earliest memory is that Super Bowl, is watching them go out and beat the brakes off the Broncos. You know, my mom and dad, you know, we were in the basement and they had snacks and we're watching the game. I mean, it was, it was, it was a family thing, but it was a Washington thing. And I'll be honest with you, you know, I don't know how people are going to feel about hearing me say this on this show, but it was a black people Washington thing. You know what I mean? Our Redskins, black people, not black people, not people who, 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 started working for the government and so they moved to DC. I'm talking about black people who grew up in Washington DC who could beef over tennis shoes would <laughs> galvanize and love each other over these daggone redskins. Hey, I told That's I what telling, 87 was. And that's I why I was like that's my favorite redskin yeah. moment <laughs> and that's why uh you know um uh 2012 was number 2 because it reminded right. me of that. Now I will also say this as a caveat one of my favorite Redskins broadcast moments was, you know, you listen to the Washington Redskins radio broadcast with our yeah. buddy Doc Walker, Larry Michael, Chris Cooley's on it now. Um, but I mean, you know, you, Sam Huff, Sonny Jurgensen, um, gosh, who was the play? Who was oh, the Frank play- Herzog? Herzog. But it was a preseason game. Larry Michael is doing the the pre the the the, the pregame show. Uh, it's, it's years ago, maybe five, six years ago. He asked Doc Walker, Doc, it's preseason game number four. What do you need to see from these guys who are playing tonight? The starters aren't going to play. What do you need to see? And Doc Walker says, violence. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's, Kevin, that's all Doc says. But that's, but that's Redskins football. It's, it's, I mean, it's what they used to call smash mouth football. That's right. It's the Hogs. It's the counter tray. It's running the ball. It's play action fake in a 25, 30-yard pass downfield. I mean, I know people who aren't even Redskins fans. I know people who grew up Cowboys fans in Washington, and that's foot and but Redskins football is football to them. And right. that's what I'm gonna miss about the Redskins. I'm gonna miss touchdown Redskins. Redskins win. I'm gonna miss Doc Walker. Violence. I mean, just the one word. Now he'll do it again. He'll do it this upcoming season. Doc, what do you need to see in the preseason game number four? Doc Walker says violence, Larry. Hey, look that's here. it. And that's it. These, these guys make the playoffs. The next time they have a football season, all that, <laughs> all that's over with. Right. <laughs> we got right, a whole right. new memory. A whole well, memory. winning. Yeah, winning. Winning cures all. Winning cures that's all. Right. Everything. Everything. All right. Well, all right. anyway. Those yeah. are our, those are our Redskins memories because the team is now no longer going to be the Redskins. Let's talk a little bit about why you were banned on Twitter because you were yeah. banned for almost a week and a half, right? You couldn't tweet. Uh, yeah, it was closer to two weeks, and I, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I appreciate everybody for listening because I know because I'm pumping it up on Twitter because I want the world to, to hear about this because it seemed almost communistic <laughs> what happened to me. <laughs> you know, here's the deal. 
You know, um, uh, B, uh, I am, uh, for those of uh, first time listeners, I'm a world renowned movie uh, critic in all humbleness, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I'm, my uh, critiques are unique because most of the time I would have not seen the movie before I get my opinion on it, right? You know, that's a, yeah, that's a niche market. Right. right. Which that's you fine. debuted, by the way, on the uh, infamous uh, Tony Kornheiser that's show. Right. That's right. Mm -hmm. So what happened is, I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, about the time that this show is going to be released, Russell Crowe has a new movie out called um, uh, Untailed and Unbroken, Unsomething, <laughs> Unstoppable. Yeah, no, that's Denzel. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> whatever, it's the un whatever it's that. called. The plot of the movie is um, there's this young suburban woman with a little kid in the car stuck in traffic. Something happens, and mm -hmm. she blows the horn like aggressively, you know, like people tend to do, right, for no reason. But she blows it at Russell Crowe, and, and this a road raid situation develops. Now, the thing is, uh, he pulls up beside her, and he talks to her and says, I just want to give you a chance to apologize mm. for what you did. And she said, I don't have anything to apologize for. And then the guy turns maniacal. He kills everybody that, <laughs> that, wow. that she knows and that, that, that they know, police, firemen, whatever, right? So that's the basic plot of the movie. That's what, I snuck a review in there. Anyway, for <laughs> did you see Twitter, this one? No, no, I haven't seen it. <laughs> of course I not. Yeah, why would you? I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. But I, <laughs> and this is the point. I on Twitter, I tweet something. Now this is almost verbatim because I don't remember. I said, "Has anyone seen the trailer for the new Russell Crowe flick? Mm -hmm. He's sort of like a redneck Maximus. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be great." That's all you said. And that's what I said. Wow. And then so I look, I get on Twitter a little while after that, and I, I can't tweet. And I look, I get an email that said, your Twitter account has been temporarily suspended for violating Twitter's policies. <laughs> you what did I do? Maybe it's a mistake Twitter. here. And then so I get on the account and look, and they, re they show me my tweet. Mm -hmm. And they said, you can appeal the suspension, and you can still... Uh, get on and like or anything, but you won't be able to tweet. So I said, okay, I appeal it. I appeal this. I'm a, I'm a world-renowned movie reviewer. I was right. giving my opinion of a movie. Mm -hmm. Twitter then comes back to me and said, your account's suspended. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care about that. So was it, what was offensive? Was it Russell Crowe? Was it sure great? Because or was it movie? Or was it redneck? I don't know because I've seen all these words and, and tweets other at other times, right? I don't know if I've used them or not. But see, after I appeal, you've used the word redneck before. Oh, probably two or three times today. But <laughs> but but after I appeal the suspension, I mean, it was it was a reduction in services at first. When I appealed it, they suspended the account. Oh, so so <laughs> the fact that you appealed it gave you a harsher punishment. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. You know, okay. And so <laughs> I've been dying to tell the world exactly what happened because, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a service. It's a free service. They got the right to put whoever they want to out on the airwaves or the tweet waves, whatever. Mm -hmm. But the stuff that I read on, on Twitter and the, the pictures that I see the most rude, crude, vile, inappropriate mm -hmm. stuff it's out there all the time. Mm -hmm. And they did this to me for a movie review. And all you said was redneck. I mean, you didn't say anything redneck else. Maximum. I mean, you talking about rude, cruel, vile stuff on Twitter, and they don't want to suspend people. I mean, 
you could look at the president of the United States Twitter account and there were more rude, vile, and, and, and obscene things said on his Twitter account than anything that you said, and they want to suspend him. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, I, I had no choice but to take it personally, man. I mean, it's <laughs> got to be something about the federal football report, and they don't like what we're saying. Right? I, I can't understand. It must be somebody from Dallas having something to do with it. <laughs> and, and maybe our strong stand or maybe the league not starting and, and the NBA. You know, that's something else. It might have been a smoke screen so they can sneak these NBA players in under the radar or whatever, right? But that's right. what happened, man. It was, it was completely ridiculous, unjustified, <laughs> and I remain unapologetic. And I started to just tweet the same thing again just to see what would happen. Just but I want to wait. Yeah, I want to wait until the show came out first so people will right. know so they don't think anything <laughs> bad happened to me. Well, speaking of you on Twitter, you replied to a tweet that my wife posted yes. um, about me being the best husband in the world. I would assume that after being suspended from Twitter, <laughs> that your first tweet or a comment on a tweet would be supportive <laughs> of what my wife said. Like, <laughs> You know what? Yeah, he is the best husband in the world. Or, you know what? I understand that you may feel he's the best husband in Silver Spring, Maryland. <laughs> or the best husband in Montgomery County. Or, you know, well, he's the best husband for you. But no, you didn't say that. Please explain what you, please explain what you said or how you responded to my wife on Twitter. Because I, I look at it like, let me get a little background. You know, I've, I've worked hard to obtain my, my status as a husband. And, it's, it's, and you've been married for how many years? 34. So you can't get to 34 years of marriage without being good. Right, and without trying. Or, or without crying, yeah, or without, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, see, there's, there's some effort involved. It's a dynamic process. You don't just get that status and just lay back, right, you know. So I had just had to put out there that, that maybe, in, in my humble opinion, you weren't the, the best husband in the world. Like, you're top, you're very close to, if number one wasn't number one, you'd definitely be number one. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Right. So Kevin says, well, I don't know about number one. I mean, he's good, but number one, like, do you know what that means? And so I replied back saying, you know, two's not bad. Actually. I mean, honestly, like who, like who's mad at, if you're a San Francisco 49er fan, if you're a 49ers fan, you're not mad that they went to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, you wanted them to win, but you're okay because they went, they were there. They win the game. And right. you know, you're playing you against Patrick game, Mahomes. Right? You know, he's the, the, the 10 year, $503 million man now, 50, over $50 million a year now, especially right. if you count incentives and stuff like that. But he's paid. He's good, right? And his girlfriend's happy. She was on Twitter showing pictures of him. She's happy that he's got the, you know, $503 million, right. although she doesn't have a ring yet, but she's happy he's got it. So maybe, yeah, he, you know, who happy. knows what's going to happen with them. But the point okay. is, is that number two's not bad, you know? I'm, I'm okay with that. That's it's fine. Not- I mean, and, and thank you for bringing it up because I'll be the first <laughs> to admit that I'm not perfect. I'm not a perfect broadcaster. I'm not a perfect host of a show. Uh, and I'm not a perfect, I'm not a perfect dad. And I'm not a perfect husband. It's fine. I don't mind not being number one. Hey, but, but you know, the difference is so minuscule. It's like those little <laughs> things that you use to measure the gaps in your spark plugs, right? right. Is that, you know, and... and you know, and since it's a dynamic process, you know, every once in a while, I might slip and look and find myself in number two status, right? You know? So well, it me- reminds me of college basketball. I mean, you can be Duke and you can be number one for, you know, five weeks. And then suppose you lose to North Carolina and then Kentucky uh, beats Kansas and then follows it up with, a you know, a good win over a decent Florida team. And then now Kentucky's number one, and you're Duke, and you're number two, and so it can it can switch. It can by the same token, one one day I might 
I might leave my socks on the floor and club could bring in flowers. So that, you Well, know. that's the thing. I mean, it depends on the committee who's voting too. I mean, if we leave the voting up to our wives, none of us would be number one. Oh, yeah, We'd all be that, close right. to three, right? I mean, no, there's no wife in the world who would say, my husband is number one and, and mean it. You know what I mean? Like right. They would say, he's number three. He's number four. He's fine. Like, he's in the top five. That's right, fine. Right, but there's right. probably two or three better than him. Not well, counting anything that they do to make us less than number one. Like, unless, I mean, there's there's a bug. They, unless there's a bug around, then I'm number right. one. <laughs> you know. They exclude themselves generally, right? right, right. But if it's just a judgment like on saying, us. Hey, look, you can have Idris Alba right now or, or wait for him to come or have Kevin kill the bug right now. Right. Oh, that, 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 bye, Idris. Kevin, come kill the bug. I'm good. <laughs> Speaking of Idris Elba, it's so funny because, uh, I mean, this is not funny, but months ago when he uh, went on Twitter and saying that he, he had caught the coronavirus, I saw so many tweets, so many Instagram posts, so many Facebook posts of women who are married saying, oh, I would take care of him and help him get back <laughs> to the I'm like, wait a minute. What? Yeah, wait, yeah. what? You're married. Like, oh, I would, I, would, I would help him. I would risk all to help Idris Elba yeah. get back healthy. Yeah, apparently, he doesn't have our constitution. So. Right. <laughs> I mean, you're a little sickly man. Stick right. I mean, and, and, you know, what has he done for you lately? <laughs> Nothing. He's just been in movies and you think yeah. he looks good. Let him kill the bug for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's the husband update for the week. I mean, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. Number one, right? Neck and neck, ladies and gentlemen, neck and neck. And by the way, this week, we got some new, well, new and our first kind of uh, the patio furniture for the deck. Oh, and so, it, so I come home from working early morning radio, and I come through the house, and I see this stuff. So I, I bring it into the, the dining room area, and I start putting it together, Kevin, tool in hand. And you know, I'm not a blue-collar guy. Like, oh, I sit okay. in front of microphones and talk. Blue-collars, <laughs> I left blue-collar when I, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, know, I was doing blue-collar stuff when I was working my way through college. And so blue-collar is, is done for me. I mean, that's shoe store, that's McDonald's, that's, you know, records right, department right, right. in the storage room somewhere. Or a law yeah. I haven't done blue collar work in a long time, but I got tools in hand, man. I put this stuff together and we sat outside last night and had dinner and did a little bonfire on the new with the new furniture that I put together. So I think I I did okay for number two. Hey, that's all Second right. best is all right. That's fine. Yeah, you know, right. ask Idris to come in and sit down after the club, put the furniture together. Yeah, they want me to put the furniture together, but then Idris Elba gets to come down and sit down and have dinner with you at the, at the furniture yeah, that I doesn't work together. that way. That's how, that's how we maintain the number one status. We do. It's a dynamic mm-hmm. thing. You just can't sit back. It's the right. works. It's the action thing. It's the action yeah. verb. It's not just and by the way, every single doing. husband in America would, would agree that their wife is number one. I mean, there's oh, no... absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. When Absolutely. no one's talking about, you know, we don't, it's, it's, no one would argue anything about, right, you know, right, right. J-Lo or anybody else. It's, no, 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 my wife's number one. They ain't worth it. it. So Beyonce, stop calling. Yeah, Tell Beyonce me. who? Yeah, it ain't happening. But it just ain't happening. She's two. Oh, wife. <laughs> well, that's that. Okay. <laughs> cool. So now that we got that out of the way. Very good. <laughs> How's everything going with your new enrollment in school? UM, uh, UM, well, it's no longer UMUC. It's University of Maryland Global Campus. Global Campus. UMGC. Right. So you've this, enrolled in, in classes there. Have you started yet? Yes, I have. I've been taking the class. First thing, I need to apologize to all my children for telling them the college was easy and they could do it, like, you know, 
<laughs> like the registering <laughs> and the choosing the class and the meeting assignments. I apologize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying now. Okay. It's, so uh, when your daughters were saying college is hard, yeah, you now saying, understand what down, they were saying. Down. Yeah, right yeah I understand so what they were saying now. Right, you know, so the now interesting thing, uh, part of the problem I had, and I've been doing great, uh, I missed an assignment because I just, <laughs> I thought I had read all the information, but, you know, online and stuff, <laughs> attachments and things down the road. And so where did this come from? I found out that I was in a, a group, uh, a group assignment, and the part of the group emailed me and said, "Hey, what do you want to do about this?" And I said, "Well, who are you?" <laughs> you <know? laughs> so, were you the person in the group that didn't do any of the group assignment, but still got the grade for the group? Oh no, no, the grade that's due. As a matter of fact, it's due tonight, and we have a little meeting tonight with. Uh, we haven't contacted one of the members of the group, but uh, that, that that was part of the assignment. Was just getting together and getting the hierarchy, who's in charge, and. And, and we don't care as long as it gets done, right? You know, we have a, you know, a couple of documents, Google documents. But it's a very interesting process. I wish I had done it a long time ago because, like, um, the first part of it is just teaching you how to learn the system, right? If you're going to mm -hmm. – how to budget your time, how to, how to determine – how to prioritize, how to block out distractions, right? And I, I need all of the above, right? It's not mm -hmm. only me – uh, taking course for credit is me learning things. And I'm really mm -hmm. happy about it. Really happy. Good. So, you know, I, I guess my question is, you know, when it comes to, you know, schooling and, and stuff like that, like, are you, are you focused? Like, are you, or, or are you going to like revert back to like irresponsible college years things? Oh, no, 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 no. I got, I got to buckle down on this. Right. I, I, uh, uh, you know, um, I had a, and I was going to try out for the virtual football team, but the virtual football <laughs> team. <laughs> I'm the new quarterback for the University of Maryland Global Campus. So. <laughs> I wanted to do that, but I figured I didn't want those distractions in my in my friend. No, you don't need those distractions. I'm pretty. I'm a virtual redshirt, is what I am. Like. <laughs> virtual redshirt. <laughs> Very interesting. Anything else going on with the league or anything in general that we need to talk about? I mean, oh, so the Big Ten, I mean, let's go to college. Big Ten and the Pac-12 decide that they're not going to do anything out of conference. They're only playing their conference schedule in 2020 if there is a 2020 season. And I just think that, oh, oh and by the way, the Ivy Leagues, you know, they decided that they're not doing anything at all yeah. this year. So um, I think that the Ivy Leagues are just jumping ahead, saying everyone's going to eventually cancel their season anyway. We're just going to start right now. Because, by the way, and I think I said this the last time we did the show, is that if you want, if you want to do halfway or part-time virtual you know, college at the Ohio State University or at the University of Florida or Florida State or University of Texas or Clemson, you want to do virtual stuff for students, but the athletes have to come and play ball, they are not student athletes. <laughs> That's so right. pay them. That's stop right. with all the BS and stop with all the, their student athletes. They're not. If you want a season to go on, but any student who is normally on campus and going to class in person, they have the option not to, but, but the athletes have to come in and play these games. You are no longer, you no longer have the argument that they're students first because they're not. And by the way, I, I totally get it because at the University of Texas or Clemson or wherever else, you know, women's softball or, or swimming, the swimming team, they get their funding from the football team. Right, the football right, team right, right. brings in all this money so everyone else gets to do their sports. So if the, if the, if the women's softball is not having a season or the swimmers aren't having a season, then the football team doesn't need to have a season. There's no need to right. bring in that extra money, number one. Um, 
you know, but then uh, number two, when you, when, when you look at it as far as the, the whole paying the players thing or, or whatever, you know, these schools bring in so much money and, and to the fact that some of the smaller schools, and so suppose you have Clemson and they play Middle Tennessee State, Middle Tennessee State gets a lot of money to get beat down by Clemson in the first, you know, week or two weeks of the season. Absolutely. And so now this puts a lot of the money that this school has set aside that we know that if we go get our – and by our brains being out of us, I'm not talking – the people who schedule it, their brains aren't getting beat out of them. The players <laughs> who you recruit to your team and to your school, they're getting their brains beat out of them by Alabama in the first week or second week or right before homecoming and you getting two to three, five million dollars to let your boys go up there and get just embarrassed on national television, which is fine. I mean, you know, you go up there and you compete and you see where you are. And I get it. Uh, but that money is not coming into your school. And so, you know, it, it's, it's a chain reaction. So, yeah, if the Big Ten doesn't want to, to, to do anything outside of outside of uh, their, their, their conference. Well, I mean, Akron or Bowling Green or teams that go to play Michigan early in the season or go to play the Ohio State University early in the season, they're not getting that check because they right. don't want to play anything out of conference. And so, again, let's stop acting like student athletes, like this is what they are. They're, they should be paid for what they do. And if they're not going to play this year, then fine. They can stay home. They can do school virtually, and, and that's okay. But if you're going to make these kids play, they need to get paid, especially this year when someone – from, from, you know, who would be in the same psychology one-on-one class with, you know, the freshman quarterback who's redshirted can still, if, if she or he plays an instrument, they can make money playing music and you won't take a scholarship from them, but this right. person can't play football and make music on, and make money on his endorsement or make money on playing football. But this person who has, you know, a music scholarship can get the music scholarship and then also play at weddings funerals, bar mitzvahs, whatever, on the weekends, and they can get that extra money. Let's just stop it, and let's pay these players. I'm not saying, anyone should, I'm not saying any college player should get a Patrick Mahomes contract. But whatever the student worker who works in the library gets every semester, just add that to their scholarship. Give them yeah, some you're cash. Making, you're making I don't too get much it. sense there. It's all about control. Yeah. They want to maintain some type of level of control that maintains their existence as an institution and Mm -hmm. but this 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 pandemic is a great equalizer right no matter how they try to work around it like we were talking about the lines on the on the uh on the floor in the bubble that somebody stepped across the line to get their food and all of a sudden they got to be under quarantine like the virus pays attention to that line right they they have to somebody's gonna have to make a decision sooner or later either this thing is real or it's not. You can't make adjustments adjustments for it. You can't make allowances for it. Not not in the world of sports. It just right. won't work. It won't work. Like, Sometimes you might be able to get something started, but they're gonna have to shut it down. And and I'm thinking that the reason that they're even doing this is because they saw how to shut it down. They saw it was mm-hmm. kind of easy to shut it down. So they don't really mind if they have to shut it down again. It's everybody else. It's it's the just the, the the trainers, it's the the people that we know, like the board ops, uh, the, right. the, the 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 locker room interview guys, the guys that we're close to work with on a regular basis, you know, the play by play guys, that whole broadcast team. Those are the guys who are getting hurt because all this is going to be snatched out from under them again, and and it's just not right. But they right. got to be real. Right. Just tell people, hey, look, this isn't going to happen. 
Right. No, absolutely. And, and, and the earlier you do it, the better. Uh, anything else you want to address on the show, Kevin? I no, think I think, think we did quite a bit. I'm mad at Twitter still. And, you know, I'm have to, I can tell the world now to tune into the broadcast and find out why. Maybe they'll get mad at Twitter, too, and, and get suspended for me, right? Fight the power. <laughs> <laughs> Fight the power, uh, no matter what it is. Oh, so this weekend, let me just share this. So this weekend, uh, uh, I led a, a demonstration and a rally and a march in Greenbelt, Maryland. Uh, it was a faith, uh, justice, and unity rally, uh, part of um, what I do for uh, my church, Impact Fellowship. And, uh, man, it was all love, all peace out there, man. We marched and rallied, and cars were honking and showing love and stuff like that. And then Sunday, we went down to feed uh, the homeless uh, population in Washington, D.C., and we were two blocks away from Black Lives Matter Plaza. And so after we were done feeding folks, we walked down to Black Lives Matter Plaza and, you know, just took a look and took it all in and, um, it was just a great. It was a. It was a great right. weekend. It was a great experience for all that. Um, it was. It, it, it was a good kind of enrichment uh, and refreshing, you know, situation. Well, I will say this. Uh, that's a wonderful thing. And along the same line, I found out my three-year-old granddaughter, her favorite, uh, you know, the one who watches Peppa Pig and mm-hmm. uh, and Paw Patrol. She walks through the house now, uh, saying, "No justice, no peace." Nice. That's also my seven year Manny. That's Manny's favorite thing. That's no right. justice, no peace. He, right. he'll, he'll walk out and he'll scream, no justice, no peace, no racist police. That's what he does. That's hey, his thing. He loves this, it. You know what? All we can do is lay the foundation. Like those who came before us lay the foundation. We take it a little bit further. The ones behind, we teach the ones behind us. Eventually this thing will be all right. But it's, it's just like being number one in, in your marriage. You got to work at it. It's a dynamic right. process. <laughs> work at it. Don't, you can't sit back. You can't. One of my favorite public enemy lines. Uh, what we need is awareness. What we need is awareness. We can't get careless. That's what exactly. it's all about, right? Well, there you go. There you go. And what we won't do is argue about who's number one when it comes to husbands or activists. That's right. Or anything like that. <laughs> but what we'll do is we'll just agree that Federal Football Report is number one when it comes to reporting on all things burgundy and gold. We're number one, no baby. What the new name of the team is? <laughs> we'll report to it and we'll let you know. And let you know what we think and all that uh, jazz coming up uh, next on the Federal Football Report. Thanks, guys, for listening. Hi, this is Daniel Rue of the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't flu. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if the can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. 
Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.